Do you ever feel like there is a gap between your expectations and your team's performance? Do you ever feel like your team is out of sync or just can't uh, figure out how to click with one another? Uh, and particularly, do you feel like they're out of sync with you, that you're going in this direction and they kind of feel like they're either going in that direction or they're going in all kinds of directions, but not the direction that you're going? Or do you feel like your team is unaware when you make decisions or unaware of your behaviors that they feel like it doesn't make sense to them or they seem surprised by it? Or even when you come with a directive or a constructive criticism to them, they seem blindsided by that and they seem like it's coming out of left field for them. And there's just, again, there's a there's a element of being out of sync and they're just not on the same page with you. If you're feeling that, then there's a good chance that your team's expectations are not where they need to be. Uh, as the leader and as the pastor of your team, it's our job to manage the expectations of our teams. And that can seem like a daunting task, especially if you have a large staff, you have a lot of people to answer directly to you. How do you manage that many people and their expectations? Because as you and I know, people can be very random and it can be hard to understand exactly what is going on in their minds. But I'm going to show you four quick ways, easy ways that you can manage the expectations of your team. And quite honestly, when they're when their expectations are managed, it's going to increase their morale, it's going to increase their overall performance, and it's in, going to increase their chemistry with each other as well as with you. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get started. So the big question is this, how do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. I hope you are doing wonderfully. I hope that this podcast comes to you at a great time in your day where you can focus in, where you can learn with me, and we can together figure out how you can live your dream life in ministry. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm coming to you today uh, on very little sleep. Uh, my two-year-old was up for most of the night, and so I was up with him. My th my uh, throat is a little croaky, so I have my have my tea with me today. Uh, so if I'm drinking out of that, for those of you watching on the video, uh, I do apologize. <clears throat> and um, but uh, still, it's a great day, wonderful day here in Virginia Beach. And so um, if you're ever looking for a place to come and visit. Come visit me here in Virginia Beach. It's beautiful. Uh, beaches are wonderful. Uh, lots of great things to do. And I would love uh, to see you here in Virginia Beach. And so I'm excited about this episode. I'm so glad that you're here with me. So glad you're taking time out of your day to join me. Uh, I'm excited to jump into this, into this topic today because I think that this is uh, a lot of the problems that we have on our teams can be, uh, can be solved by managing the expectations on our team, what they're expecting and what you're expecting of them. But before I dive into that, um, I want to ask you the question, do you feel like you are just not capable of putting together a website for your church that is effective? I know for me, when I um, was given the task to change the church's website, uh, it was overwhelming. Um, I felt like there was no way I was going to do it. I'm, I went, I'm not techie. I'm not a designer. Um, I don't really have a good sense of how to uh, build a website, uh, but 
what I have done over the last four years is I have not only built that website, but multiple other websites after that. And I'm still not a designer. I still wouldn't consider myself a web designer. I still wouldn't consider myself even all that techie when it comes to uh, building stuff on the internet. But what I have done is I figured out a very simple way that any one of us can build a powerful, effective website for our churches on a very, very low budget with very little maintenance. Um, and so that's what I want to do. I want to offer you a cheat sheet that's going to show you exactly how to do that in 30 days. And so if you go to brandonpartycooper.com slash 30 day website, you can download the free cheat sheet right there. It's going to walk you step by step all the way through 30 days. Day one, do this. Day two, do that. It's going to walk you all the way through, all the way to day 30. And in, by day 30, you will have a church website that's up, that's running, that is doing great things for you, that's working for you, powerful, bringing guests in every Sunday. And it doesn't require you to be a techie. It doesn't require you to be uh, a designer, a web designer, any of that. All it, all it requires is for you to be able to sit down and follow the step-by-step guide. So again, go to brandonpartycooper.com slash 30-day website, get your cheat sheet, get started today. And in 30 days, you can have a church website that's working for you and bringing people to your church every Sunday, uh, every week, over and over and over again. All right, so again, brandonpartycooper.com slash 30-day website. Okay, so one of the things that I have seen over my years of ministry and then also consulting and, and coaching pastors and teams is there is usually, usually there is an expectation gap between the pastor and the team. And there's lots of reasons why this is. Uh, sometimes it's because the pastor is not com communicating clearly. Sometimes it's because the team isn't paying attention. Um, sometimes everybody is just so busy. Nobody is really able to, to sync up with each other and be on the same page. Another uh, reason that's usually the case is because there's not a lot of written policies or guidelines or even a manual or anything. There's very little... Uh, written down that anybody can uh, can refer back to. And what that does is it means that somebody has to remember it. Maybe it's you, the lead pastor, or maybe it's the, it's the office manager, office administrator, or maybe it's somebody on your staff, an executive or an associate that you've entrusted to just remember everything. But the problem is, is when it's in their brain and not written down and somebody else can access it, then everybody creates their own expectations. And a lot of times those ex expectations are disjointed from one another. And what happens is, is when expectations are not properly managed on your team, then there is this sense where everybody is kind of doing their own thing. We talked about it a couple episodes ago about uh, having teams that are siloed. You have your youth pastor and your kids pastor and your associate pastor and your worship pastor, and everybody has their own little silos. And crossing over and working together is very difficult. And in some cases, I've seen some churches where it's almost impossible because there's such territorialism and animosity towards one another that they just can't seem to sync up with one another and work together because the expectations are all over the place. And so what I want to do today is I want to empower you because again, uh, if you are going to have this highly effective pastoral staff, highly effective team, then you have to own your role as the cultural architect. And part of being the cultural architect is managing the expectations of your team members. Now that can seem daunting uh, because especially if you have uh, three, four, five, or more staff members, 
the feeling is, is how am I supposed to manage the expectations of that many people? And quite honestly, it goes back to what we talked about in a couple episodes about owning your role as the cultural architect that will manage the expectations. And I'm going to give you four ways that you can manage their expectations very simply, very easily, very quickly built into your day-to-day function that you don't have to do anything extra. You just have to follow these four guidelines or these four keys and you will manage the expectations of your team on a regular basis. Everybody will sync up and be on the same page. And quite honestly, morale will go up, performance will go up, chemistry will go up, unity will go up. And you know that when you have a unified team working on advancing the kingdom of God, God can do great things. One of the greatest uh, tools that Satan has against us as Christ followers is creating disunity. And if he can create disunity on your team and your pastoral staff, if he can create disunity there, then there will be disunity throughout your entire church. It's really hard to lead a healthy, strong, effective church body when the pastoral staff is out of sync and dis and, and not in unity with one another. And so, so what we want to do today is we want to talk about how to manage expectations so that you can fight against the Satan trying to create disunity within your team so that you can have a healthy, strong church that's not only growing numerically, which is always good, but more importantly, that's growing spiritually because they're unified in mindset, unified in heart, and unified in mission and what God has called um, you and them and the congregation to do in your community. Okay, so the first thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to uh, be consistent with your actions and your decisions and then communicate inconsistencies to your team. So we've talked about you're owning your role, and, and it starts with owning your role in productivity, being productive yourself and effective yourself so that the team will follow that. And a lot of that comes down to just being consistent with your decisions, how you're making decisions, and 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 the reasons why. This is why I think that as pastors we have to be a lot more um, we have to be a lot more principled and a lot less intuitive. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't operate on intuition. There are times when you should, but the bulk of your ministry and the bulk of your decisions should be based on principles because those principles become anchors not only for you but for your team they know if this is a principle that you hold then you're going to make decisions based on that principle and that can that creates consistency for for them so they understand why you're doing what you're doing they understand exactly what uh, the reasoning is behind and they can also count on it they can count on the fact that you are going to take care of things um, and make decisions in a consistent way so they know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Now, there are going to be times where you uh, have to go outside of that. You have to make a special um, uh, exception. You have to you have to step out outside of your con- consistency. There is a decision that you're going to have to make that's inconsistent with what you normally do. All you have to do in those situations is communicate to your team why. I'm making this decision, I know that this is my principle, or I know this is usually how I handle this situation, but this time I'm going to do it this way, and here's the reason why. Now, you're not asking for permission, you're not even asking for justification to the team, you're making your decision based on your own reasoning, and and that's between you and God and 
whatever accountability you have set up. What you're doing for your team though, is you're communicating why so that they understand when they see an inconsistency in you, they understand why, and they can maybe even if they don't agree with the why they at least understand why you're doing what you're doing. And it doesn't shake their perspective on you. It doesn't shake their expectations because even though it's inconsistent, they understand why you stepped out of that inconsistency. You've communicated that. And so, so be consistent, obviously, but there's always times when you have to step outside of it. There's always times you have to make exceptions. The key is, is the exceptions shouldn't become the norm. If you're always making exceptions, if you're always stepping outside of your, uh, out of your principles and out of your consistent decisions, what happens is, is inconsistency becomes what's consistent. And then your team is again, right back to, they don't know what to expect because you're all over the place. And so, so the first thing is, is be consistent with your decisions and your actions and then communicate inconsistencies when they occur. The second thing is, is clearly communicate your expectations of the team. You as the leader, you have expectations of your team. You know what you're expecting them to do, how you're expecting them to perform, how you want them to handle things, um, handle certain situations. You have expectations. Communicate those expectations. Make sure that they know that it's clear, this is how I want you to do this, or this is what I want you to do. A lot of times this is not clear, especially when you hire on a new staff member. Usually in most churches, in most situations that I've seen, the onboarding process is very minimal. There's not a lot of clarity. There was one position that I had. I was, it was when I was young and, and, and right out of Bible college, I stepped into a position and the communication of expectations was not clear at all. Um, I, knew the, I knew the position that I was in and I knew the overall, essentially, this is my overall role. But when I got there, it was do this and do this and do this. And, and, and then when I would do it, then it wasn't done right. And there was just a lot of miscommunication and the expectations were not clear. And so, you know, for me being young, I didn't handle it well. And so that was on me. But honestly, if the expectations had been better, I may have handled it a little bit better. Um, and I've see, I see this all the time. I see all the time um, when new, new members are brought onto a team Things aren't communicated clearly, and so there's this gap of expectation, and then that staff member is trying to do things and go about their ministry, and they step on a landmine they had no idea existed because there was no expectation given, or they're underperforming because they don't know where the bar is. And so for you as the leader, you need to clearly communicate what your expectations of the team are. Communicate to them, this is what I'm expecting of you. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to handle things. And take the time when you onboard them and bring them on your team, take the time to really develop them. And honestly, I think that an onboarding process should be three months at minimum. Six months would be ideal. If you could do a 12-month onboard, that would be great. But I realize that may be too lofty of an expectation. Six months would be optimal. Three months at the very least. If you're just saying, you know what, I just want to get them on and get them going, get them out there, that's fine. But take three months at least to sit down with them, onboard them, take them through expectations and understanding so that by the end of that onboarding process, it's clear why they're there, what they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to be handling things and what you want from them. And so be uh, be clear on what your expectations are of your team. The third thing is 
clearly communicate what they can expect. Expect from the job, expect from the situation, expect from you. The first one is you're, you're clearly communicating your expectations, but now clearly communicate to them what they can expect from you, from the job, from the situation they're in. <clears throat> if they're taking over, let's say you have a new kids pastor and they're taking over the Easter egg hunt that's coming up in April. Well, don't just say, hey, we do an Easter egg hunt. You know, here is how we've done it in the past. And here's all the information you need to do that. Uh, don't just do that because all you've done is passed on information. What you need to do is you need to clearly communicate what they can expect from the overall experience. They can expect X amount of people to show up. They can expect X amount of volunteers from the church to, to, to be a part. They can expect X amount of money from... Uh, sponsors in the community. They can expect, you know, having to stuff X amount of Easter eggs, you know, whatever. Uh, they can expect, um, you know, maybe they're moving uh, to where you are in, um, I don't know, in Montana and they came from Florida. Well, this is what you can expect in April with the weather, whatever the case is. Like, clearly communicate what they can expect. If they're coming on your team, um, this is how we function as a team, and this is what you can expect as a member of this team. This is, you know, what you can expect. Uh, you know, if you're sick, this is what you can expect uh, from us. From us, what we'll do in those situations. Or if you have a tragedy in your family and you have to leave, this is what you can expect. It clearly communicate what they can expect. And quite honestly, this is probably one of the more important ones. Because when they have expectations of you, of the job, of the situation, whatever, they have expectations and that's not being being met, then what will happen is your morale of your team will go down in a hurry. Especially if they're a new hire because they're coming on with all these high expectations and hopes and they're looking to change the world at your church and then they're blindsided by an expectation that they had um, uh, but, wasn't, uh, but wasn't clearly communicated what to expect from the situation and you know, and now they're now they're off their game. I had uh, one situation where I saw a, a church. They hired a new kids pastor, and a month in, within a month, it was very clear that the expectation gap was huge, and that kids pastor was on his heels within a month, and he never really recovered for the year, year and a half that he was there. He was always on his heels, always trying to play catch up, always trying to figure out what the expectations were. Always, always trying to, you know, please parents, please the pastor, uh, wrangle all the kids, whatever. Uh, he never really recovered, you know. And and honestly, it would have been, it it would have been easy fix on the front end. This is what we expect. Uh, this is what you're coming into. This is what you can expect from this situation, from the volunteers, from the kids, from the kids ministry. This is what you can expect. If that gap had been closed, or at least made smaller on the front end, his experience at that church would have been a whole lot different. Unfortunately, after a year and a half, uh, he was asked to leave because he, it was deemed that he was ineffective as the kids pastor. Uh, and then he went on to be a kids pastor in another church and did wonderfully. It wasn't really about his ability. It was more about just the lack of communication and the gap of expectation. And so if you're feeling like you have a team member who is uh, frustrated probably there's a good chance that you haven't clearly communicated what they can expect as a member of your staff. And then the fourth thing, and this is the final one, the fourth thing is 
sit down individually with them and ask them about their expectations. The first three are about you communicating expectations to them, clearly communicating, you know, I'm going to behave and act and make decisions this way so that you can have a clear expectation of what, um, what I'm doing, or I'm going to communicate my expectations of you as an individual, or I'm going to communicate what you can expect from the situation from me. But the fourth step is to sit down with them and ask them, what are your expectations? And you can obviously need to do this in the hiring process, but even when you have team members who've been on the team for years, um, their expectations change or, you know, their needs change. And so they have expectations that uh, maybe at one point they didn't have. And so even sitting down in your uh, one-on-one monthly meetings that you have with them, uh, sit down and just ask, what do you expect? What are you expecting from me? What are you expecting from your position? What are you expecting from your volunteers? What are you expecting from this event? Whatever. What are your expectations? And quite honestly, this is this is key because it not only gives you the insight that you need to properly and effectively lead your team, but it also endears them to you because all of us have been under leaders who just tell us what to do. Very few of us have been privileged to serve a leader who actually wants to know what we expect, what we want, what we need. Maybe in moments of crisis or difficulty or situation or when it's clear that I'm overwhelmed, does the pastor come and say, hey, what's going on? What can I do for you? But when you're sitting down in a monthly one-on-one meeting and in that meeting you're asking, what are you expecting from this? Well, that tells me that I'm not just here to do what I'm told, that you actually care about me. You care about how I feel about it. You care about what my expectations are. And even if, you know, when I communicate my expectations, even if they're off, at least you've heard them. And then that empowers you to manage that expectation and say, okay, well, I get that, you know, that's where you are and that's what you're expecting. This is probably where, this is probably more likely what it's going to look like. This is more realistic to where the situation is going to land. Um, but having that conversation and asking the question, what are you expecting? That is going to do a ton for managing their expectations, bringing them into alignment with you, creating unity between you and them and the rest of the team. And whenever that happens, morale is higher, performance is higher, and again, advancing the kingdom of God and reaching your community is a lot easier to do. And so sit down with them, ask them individually, what are your expectations? And don't argue with them, don't be defensive, just ask them and write down their answers and say, I understand, okay, let me explain, this is this is what you probably can expect more realistically, or I think that expectation is great and I think that is exactly what you know you should expect, whatever. But let them talk, you listen, and with compassion and patience and grace, you lead them and guide them. At the end of the day, your team has chosen to serve you in the church that you're at. Honor them and honor that decision by taking care of them and managing their expectations. When you take the time to manage your expectations and lead your team, then so many other things are going to go so much smoother. And everybody's going to enjoy being in ministry together. 
I know I've said it here before. My greatest joy in ministry is working with a highly effective team who's focused on what God has called us to do, that's passionate about seeing God move in our services and in our ministries and what we're doing in our events, reaching our community. And we get to live life together, enjoying one another, serving God and serving people and seeing him move. That is ideally what ministry looks like. At least from my perspective, that's what I love seeing. And when you sit down and you manage the expectations of your team, when your behaviors and your decisions are consistent, when you're communicating what you expect and communicating what they can expect, and then sitting down and asking them what are their expectations, when you're doing those things, then that expectation gap gets a lot smaller. And in some cases, it's completely gone. Especially if you have a team member who's been with you a while and they know what to expect, then it's easier for them to make the decision, do I want to be here or not? Because if they know what they can expect and they know what their expectations are and they know that there's a gap, well, then it's clear maybe my time here has come to an end. And you don't go through this awkward period of like, I, I want to be here, but I'm not happy here. And so I'm frustrated. And so over time, I'm getting more and more angst in me because there's this gap, but I don't know how to manage it. At the same time, if you have a team member who's been with you for years and they know what to expect and that's exactly what they're wanting and they flourish, they love it. They become advocates, not only for your team, but for your church and for your people. And they just are high performing, highly effective ministry team members. And that's what you're wanting. At the end of the day, that's what you're wanting. Highly effective ministry team members who are going to come alongside you, carry the burden of ministry, celebrate with you in the victories, and walk with you step by step all the way through to whatever future God has for you. Alrighty? So again, manage those expectations. Take care of your team. Help them manage their expectations too uh, for themselves and see what God can do. Can do in your team when they're unified and focused and on the same page. Alrighty, don't forget to get your 30-day uh, cheat sheet. Go to brandonpartygiver.com slash 30-day website. Build that website out in the next 30 days. Have it up and running and bringing guests into your church every week, even if you're not techie, even if you're not a designer, and even if you have a very small budget. All right, have a wonderful day, and I'll see you in the next episode.